I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. The Catholic Church has been in the news a lot lately here in yet another wave of clergy abuse scandal, at least here in the United States. This has certainly affected many other countries uh, around the world as well. And in talking to a number of priests and lay parish leaders, diocesan leaders, and even bishops, there's a lot of different emotions at work in these times. There's a number of people feeling just shock and horror over what has been revealed and what's been happening. A lot of others experience just great sorrow. They're, they're grieving uh, for the church. I've met people who have anger. Uh, they're just angry about what, what's happened, righteous anger. Um, but also, there's a lot of fear out there. A number of people just wondering, what, what can we do? And they, they feel helpless. And that's what I want to dedicate this week's episode to. What can we do? What can we as just ordinary, lay, faithful do? How do we respond? How can we help the church in these troubled times? Now, what we're going to be looking at is not on the political level. We're not going to be um, examining different legal solutions or public relations game plan strategies. There's other people thinking about that. I want to take us deeper. I want to look spiritually, uh, theologically, practically. How can we best respond in these difficult times. And one thing I want to just highlight right away at the beginning here is this. We all know many there are many bishops, many priests who had nothing to do with these, these matters. They're completely innocent, but they need our help right now. Many of them are really struggling. They're, they're feeling a, a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of discouragement. They need our support. They, they need us to, to, they need to know how much we appreciate them. So if you get a chance to tell your faithful pastor, your faithful uh, bishop, uh, just how grateful you are for them, that you're you're praying for them in this difficult time. That, that means a lot to them right now. They need our encouragement. Thank them for their faithfulness. Uh, their, their faithfulness is a, is a great witness uh, in these difficult times. So let's, let's pray and support and encourage the faithful bishops and priests uh, that are our shepherds today. But uh, maybe on a deeper level, we as lay faithful, as members of Christ's body, members of the church, can participate in the church's reparation for these injustices. Uh, the Bible and the Catechism of the Catholic Church draw particular attention to three practices, three devotions that are the three key acts of penance that Jesus himself emphasized right there in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. You know those three things, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I'm going to talk about each of those individually. I'm going to talk a little bit about how can that possibly make a difference, saying a prayer, doing a little bit of fasting, uh, serving the poor. How could that possibly make a difference in these troubled times? Uh, but let's understand what these are. These practices are not merely outward acts that uh, are pursued for their own sake. No, no, no. Think of them as small acts of love. The Catechism describes them as small, visible gestures, visible expressions of one's sorrowful heart. Uh, and our hearts are sorrowful right now. We're grieving the sins of our brothers in Jesus Christ uh, and, and what they've done to these victims. We, we grieve the, the hurt that has been inflicted uh, on, on other people. Uh, and we can have a real, profound solidarity with those who are suffering. Remember what St. Paul said in one of his most famous images for the church. He describes how uh, the church is one body, but there are many parts many parts in the one body of Christ. And if you think about that, he, he says that, you know, if one part is sick, then it harms the whole body. That's what we're facing right now. 
Uh, you may be listening and say, I'm completely innocent. I didn't do any of these things. And yet I feel the effects of this today. Uh, one, one part being sick harms the whole body. But on the flip side, let's remember this. Health in one part can benefit the whole as well. So we want to take responsibility first and foremost for our own lives. We want to have healthy souls. We want to pursue holiness. We want to pursue purity in our own hearts. We want to live chastity. We want to live the virtue of um, of, of tempering our sexuality in our own lives because that's really, at the, as many people have pointed out, the crisis that we're facing here today is, is really the effects of the sexual revolution that has that has had so much impact all across uh, all sectors of society, uh, and and the Catholic Church has not been immune to this, and and leaders in the church have have fallen in this area. We want to pursue purity, holiness, chastity in our own lives because when we have a pure heart that loves God and loves God purely, holy, that 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 resonates with the rest of the body of Christ. It benefits the whole. But back to these three practices of prayer fasting, and almsgiving, we can perform acts of love, acts of kindness on on behalf of others. We can perform acts expressing sorrow on behalf of others. Think about how family life works. Uh, we just had a, a situation happen just this this last weekend. One of our, our, our little two-year-old girl was rough with another two-year-old kid at one of the soccer games. So it was a kid from another parent, from another player's family. And our little two-year-old just was a little rough with them, nothing major, but but kind of hurt the other kid. And, and, and we made our little baby Eleanor say sorry. But we as parents also went to the parents and to the child and said, oh, I'm sorry that that happened. Uh, parents can express sorrow over something they didn't do, uh, they can express sorrow for something one of their family members or one of their children did uh, and express that to someone else. We do this all the time in human relationships. We can do it within the wider mystical body of Christ, the church as well. We can perform acts of love, acts of kindness, acts of sorrow, acts of repentance, representing others within our spiritual family within the church. Um, I, I'm going to give a funny example here. I don't think I've ever used the Avengers on this podcast as an example here, but I'm going to do it here just because it's fresh in my mind. My my older teenage kids wanted to watch this last weekend the Black Panther movie, the Avenger movie, and uh, I haven't seen all the Avenger movies, but th- this one was was decent. And um, without getting into the movie itself, I just want to make one point about it, and that is the the main character uh, is the new king of this fictitious land called Wakanda. And he wants to do something to make up for the wrongs of his father, for the sins of his father. So the new king of Wakanda is innocent. He's not done anything wrong yet, but but as part of his own family, he recognizes that his father made some pretty serious mistakes. Uh, and, and he wanted to set things right. He wanted to do something to help uh, alleviate the suffering that his father's actions has caused. Uh, so we, we get this in life, right? That a family member can perform an act of love, an act of sorrow, an act of repentance on behalf of another. So when we turn to the three practices that Catholic Church in the Catechism emphasizes, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, the three practices that Jesus emphasized in the Sermon on the Mount, we can offer our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving for the perpetrators, For the men who did these wicked things, we can pray for their conversion. 
we can pray for their sincere repentance, that they will have true contrite hearts, that they may be healed of the maladies that have led them to to these horrific actions. And for the perpetrators that have been named and those that have not been named, those that are not known to the public yet, but God knows them. We can pray for their conversion. We can offer up these little gifts of love, these little sacrifices for them. And, And they need our prayers. They need a conversion of heart. They need God's mercy. Uh, we could also offer prayer, fasting, and almsgiving on their behalf, on behalf as part of the mystical body of Christ. We can offer these small acts of love for the victims uh, who have suffered so much, for their families, and, and for, let's be honest, the community of believers that, that is suffering right now and, and beyond the church, even even the unbelievers uh, that, that are looking at this in great dismay. So many people within the church, outside of the church, have been hurt by the actions of our brothers in Christ, these the, the, the clergy, the religious, who, who did these horrific acts. This is something very biblical, by the way, that we can offer acts of love for others. If you read Daniel chapter 9, great story. The the prophet Daniel was a young boy that was swept away into exile into Babylon, and later in his life he is he goes before God and he begs God for mercy. And he tells God, God, you have been faithful. You're faithful to your covenant. You are a just God. We have sinned before you. That's why you sent us off into exile. You sent us off into Babylon. That's why you let Babylon come in and destroy our city, destroy the temple, and carry us off into captivity. We have sinned before you. Now, Daniel's a righteous man. He's portrayed all throughout the book of Daniel as, as a faithful witness, as a as someone that's faithful to the covenant, heroic, willing to even face martyrdom on multiple occasions. He, he is a model Jewish man, and it wasn't his sins that that brought the Babylonians and uh, upon the, the the city of Jerusalem and carried the people off into slavery and brought the curse of exile upon the people. No, it was his ancestors' sins. That's what triggered the curses uh, inflicted upon the people at that time. And yet in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel says, we have sinned before you, putting himself in solidarity with his 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 fathers, his the previous generation, the older generation that had committed these sins. You know, the, the best example, though, is the one you all know, and that's, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he he was the innocent one, the most innocent one ever here, here on earth, who took on the suffering of the whole world, the suffering that comes from sin. He took it all upon us on the cross, and we're called to, to, in a small way, to participate in those sufferings all throughout our lives. So these three acts of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, these are just pious practices we're supposed to, to practice, put into practice all throughout our Christian life. But they take on special importance in times of sorrow, in times of trouble, especially in times of repentance, the need for reparation, repentance. And, and when we do these small acts, we, we recognize that you know, when I go and fast a little bit and I go and serve the poor and I offer up some prayers, these small acts can't possibly remove all the suffering of the victims and the families and the rest of the, the community. But they do reverberate. These acts of love do reverberate in the body of Christ. And we believe they can make a difference in the church, in this world. They can bring comfort to those that are suffering. And they may even be able to touch the lives of those who've been suffered by these particular crimes. 
So let's turn to these practices that the church calls us to. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So what can you do? Go pray. Take some extra time for prayer. Maybe that's just one thing you try to do each day. I'm going to do a little extra prayer. I'm going to pray for the victims. I'm going to remember them in my prayers. I'm going to pray for the church as a whole. I'm going to pray for the the, the wicked doers, the ones that did these horrific acts. Pray for their conversion. Pray for God's mercy upon them. You know, maybe you want to turn to... A, a passage like Daniel 9. You could turn and open up Daniel 9 and read what he prayed before God. Uh, or maybe you can turn to a beautiful prayer that's often used in the Liturgy of Hours, especially on Fridays, Psalm 51. It's Daniel's prayer of repentance after his great sin of committing adultery, a sexual sin. And he pours out to, to God uh, his heart, uh, begging for God's mercy. Uh, so take some time for prayer, some extra prayer for the victims, for the church, and even for the evildoers here uh, for their conversion. Secondly, fasting. By making one small little sacrifice, maybe I I skip lunch uh, or I I, I go through a day where I just eat very lightly, Uh, or maybe I just give up my favorite drink or my favorite food, just some little sacrifice here. This is something concrete that the Bible consistently calls us to do in times of great trouble. When when people are going through difficult times, they would often turn to fasting, like in times like our own. So let's do a little bit of, of, of extra fasting in our lives. Almsgiving. This is a big one here. Almsgiving. This is one that's not often talked about. Almsgiving is when we give to the poor and we can give money to the poor. We can serve to the poor. We, we can go spend time with the poor. We can go talk to the poor. We can give them food, give them shelter, give them clothing. Uh, but whatever, whatever act we do in terms of care for the poor, for the sick, for the lonely, for those in prison, remember we're doing that for Jesus. So it's an act of love, not just for the individual, but we're loving Jesus in the poor and suffering. I think of Daniel chapter 4, verse 24, a great passage here. The prophet Daniel challenged the wicked king Nebuchadnezzar, who, who uh, was, was living a sinful life, and Nebuchadnezzar has, has a moment where he, he's, he's thinking about turning back to God. And what does Daniel advise him to do? He says, your sins can be redeemed. In other words, you can find redemption from your sins. Your sins can be, can be dealt with by almsgiving. Isn't that fascinating? When Daniel says, if you, if you want to make up for all the sins you've committed, all these horrible things you've done to King Nebuchadnezzar, one beautiful thing you could do is almsgiving. Go care for the poor. When you took advantage of the poor, you took advantage of the suffering all these years of your life as king, now go and perform an act of love and care for them. So almsgiving is, is a beautiful act that helps to un, uh, uh, o- overturn our own sinful hearts. Sirach chapter 35 verses 1 through 2 describes almsgiving as like a sacrifice. It's like a thank offering that's offered in sacrifice. My favorite passage, though, is Sirach 330. Listen to this. This is what he says about how almsgiving can atone for sin. Listen to this. He says, water extinguishes a blazing fire, so almsgiving atones for sin. What an image there, my friends. Did you catch that? Water extinguishes a blazing fire. Right now, in whatever, wherever you are, if you're in your car or you're, you're in your kitchen, you're in your office and you're listening to this, imagine if there was suddenly a big fire right there. What's the first thing you'd want to do? You want to get water on that fire as fast as possible to put that fire out, right? Well, it just as water extinguishes a blazing fire, so almsgiving atones for sin. That's what the Word of God teaches us in Sirach 3. 30. Sirach chapter 3, verse 30. Do you turn to almsgiving with an urgency? 
uh, like like you would if you, you there was a fire and you had to had to get water as quick as possible. Do you turn to almsgiving? Do you think about that? Like, oh, I, I I better go put some extra money in the collection basket. I better go give some extra money to the poor. I better go encounter the poor. Go serve the poor. Do I do I have that urgency? Because my friends, right now, there's a great fire in our church. There's a great fire in the house of God. And and the, and the and the Lord is is inviting us through these passages to turn to prayer, to turn to fasting. But let's also consider some kind of encounter with the poor, caring for the sick, caring for those in need, caring for the suffering, caring for the lonely, doing something that is an act of love. And what a beautiful thing to do when we have other members, church leaders who failed to show that kind of love to people who were in vulnerable situations uh, and exploited them and did horrific things with them. Let's turn to these three key practices. You know, uh, I, I, you all, I think you all know I work with a wonderful organization called Focus Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And uh, a lot of our young people on college campuses, campuses and even our young missionaries have been asking the same kind of question. What can we do? We want to help the church, uh, but we feel helpless. What can we do? And, and we were just talking uh, with our top leaders about this, that we want to turn to these three biblical practices. And uh, I'll tell you one thing that Focus is planning on, on doing is uh, having all of their campus campuses the, where they serve, having their, their missionaries, their, their staff members, uh, gather on on Friday or Saturday, first Friday, first Saturday of each month, a good month for prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, a good time to do that. Uh, and, and they're going to spend some extra time just in prayer, doing some extra sacrifices and fasting. And they're going to go do some encounter with the poor, some kind of almsgiving. Uh, and so they invite in, in inviting the young people, the college students to join them. Uh, maybe that's something you could do in your own home. You could say, hey, you know what, first Friday, you know, in the evening, instead of watching a movie, we're going to, we're not, we're going to give up a movie, you know, or we're going to, instead of, you know, going out for dinner, we're just going to eat a simple, simple meal that night. Uh, maybe we'll say a decade of the rosary or a chaplet or a whole rosary, or maybe we'll, we'll, we'll as a family stop at adoration together. Uh, and then maybe we'll do something on Saturday morning to encounter the poor, or maybe we'll all together, just the money we would have spent on that movie we're going to go see, we'll, we'll give that to the poor. It could be really small, and even the little children could give even pennies, which would be a great gift from their heart to the Lord. Uh, great acts of love. These are just ideas, things we could do uh, in this in, in this in these months of, of difficulty in the church. Uh, I, I want to just close with this. One thing is, let's all remain faithful. Let's Let's keep strong in our faith. You know, if somebody asks me, hey, is your faith shaken by all this? You know, I, I would say this. I'd say I'm personally shaken, as we all should be. Uh, we, we should be horrified at these atrocities that have been committed. We all should be personally shaken. But my faith, my faith is not shaken because my faith is in Jesus Christ. My faith is not in any particular leader. Uh, my faith is in Jesus. And the church is uh, both visible and invisible. It's divine, but it's also human. God's always worked with fallible human beings all throughout salvation history, whether it was Moses or Joshua or David in the Old Testament. These were very great men, but men that also made some mistakes, and God worked through them uh, in their sins. Uh, Jesus himself, when he chose the 12 apostles, uh, he didn't. He didn't choose men that were perfect. <laughs> These were men that were very fallible. They made many mistakes. They weren't always able to be trusted. Uh, we we have one of them denies Jesus outright three times on Holy Thursday night. Another one betrayed Jesus, a betrayal that led to Jesus's death. Uh, so the church is very human. Uh, we always have to remember that, and God works through that. 
but my faith is not in the humanness of the church. It's in the church as a whole, and it's in Jesus himself. It's Jesus the one who is working through the church, working in our lives. Let's always remember that. So whatever challenges you're going through or friends or family members are going through, take it to the Lord. Take it to him in prayer. Allow people to have the chance to grieve, uh, express bewilderment, express frustration. But let's take it in these three biblical acts of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And these are small things. But as St. As Peter does say, that love, love is what can cover a multitude of sins. We have a multitude of sins out there. Let's contribute small acts of love on our end uh, to help make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, my friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, share this with others, especially in these difficult times. There may be many other people that could benefit from hearing uh, uh, encouraging words on what we can do to help in this situation, how we can respond. Uh, if you have any questions on this topic or anything else, please reach out to me on my website, edwardsree.com. You can also reach me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I'm on Instagram now. You can find me there as well. Thanks, my friends, and God bless you all.